Hey listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks! All right, I'll say you're welcome. Welcome to the history of everything sex. Do, 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 do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Melinda. I'm Terry. And our subject today, the central subject is the first U.S. rape trial to be broadcast live nationwide on television and radio. Get no, it's for real, for real. Oh, wow, yep. this is going to be so interesting. But, of course, first, mm-hmm. we have to explore the history of rape laws. Oh, rape laws. So yeah. Like the history of rape, I'm sure we're going way yeah. back. Yeah, Adam and Eve, probably. Yeah, probably. Yep. So, for the second time in, in my entire life, yep. I get to say the words, in Hammurabi's Code of Law, back in Mesopotamia, <laughs> in 1900 B.C., Rape was considered a property crime against the victim's husband rather than a violent crime against the victim. Not at all surprised by that. Correct. The law specifically stated that if a man forced sex on a married woman, he would be put to death. If a man sleeps with a married woman with her consent, they'd both be put to death. They'd be bound together and thrown in the water. Jeez. To die. Right. A hundred years later doesn't get much better okay (laughs) we have the laws of moses as laid out in the book of deuteronomy Mm -hmm. yes i I had to look that up (laughs) so here rape was it was pretty similar but it was broken down into three separate laws so the first was that if a man has sex with a married woman in the city meaning like a place with a lot of people Mm -hmm. Then both the offender and the woman will be brought to the city gate and stoned to death. Jeez. And that's because... Wait a second. Okay. Is it indica or sativa? Are they going to give them, like, gummies? Oh, not that kind of good stoned. Oh. Bad stoned. All right, bad stoned. You get hit with rocks till you die. Be, be getting hit with rocks. All you right. die. I don't want to be that kind of stoned. <laughs> You're like, hold on, I, I can get down on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this is because they have both offended her husband... And because if she had resisted and cried out, she would have been heard because she was in the city. Oh, okay. Right. The second law was that if a man forces a married woman to have sex in the country, Mm -hmm. only he will be punished by death because it's assumed that she yelled for help, but nobody was around to help her. Mm -hmm. So there you go. If a man has sex with an unmarried virgin and it doesn't specify if it has to be by force or not... He has to pay her father 50 shekels of silver. (laughs) shekels. And he must marry her, and he's never allowed to divorce her. So, in the first two cases, she belongs to her husband. Right. So they've, you know, offended him. Right. And then in the last case, it was, she still belongs to her dad. So, you have to make it up to the dad. And so, to do that... You know what? You violently raped uh, without my daughter's consent. Now, guess what? You got to marry her. Yeah, because she's no longer a virgin, so who else wants her? Right. Yeah. 
and I'll take 50 shekels. I'll take 50 shekels. You go keep beating, uh, not beating. Well, Raping. Maybe. Well, you know, right? You, know, you do whatever you raping want. Raping my daughter. That sounds yes. just Take her away. <laughs> so let me point out two things. First, I'm saying she and he or the man and the woman... Of course, a rape victim can be any gender, mm-hmm. as can the offender. But when these laws were written, they, they really didn't believe that a man could be raped. I mean, that was, right. like, not even a thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, like I kind of mentioned, the victim of a rape is not the woman. It's her husband. Dis- disgustingly, rape was considered a property crime. The word rape comes from the Latin word rapir, which means to seize, as in to seize property. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the 11th or 12th century that rape started to be viewed as a violent crime against the woman. Mm. So that's a long time of rape. There's also a weapon. Like a, isn't it a sword? It's something. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes. Something. So we've talked before in another episode about the English bringing the laws over with them when they settled in America. So their legal definition at that time of rape was the carnal knowledge of any woman above the age of 10 years old against her will. And at that time, it was all about consent, more so than physical force. And the woman had to prove that the sex was non-consensual. So the burden of proof was on her, you know, good luck with that. Hmm. Um, Now, in the late 1800s, activists finally convinced lawmakers to increase the age of consent. From then on, the age of consent was determined by each state, and it ranged from 14 to 18. And to be clear, age of consent is the minimum age of a person considered legally old enough to consent to sex. Anyone under that age cannot give consent, and therefore, sex with someone younger than the age of consent is always non-consensual, a.k.a. always rape. Which is, like, kind of similar to what it is now. Right. (coughs) As far as, like, consent. Right. But what they're saying is, like, if you're 10 and you're in love with somebody, and so you have sex with that person... It doesn't matter. You cannot consent right, because right. you're not old enough to give consent. Right. So, yes, you're, yeah, that's, I at see what you're it's, saying. It's now. Like, like a law that at least has carried over, which. Exactly. Yeah, into today's, even exactly. though that number has gone up a little bit. So, up until then, it was 10. Mm-hmm. Like, once you were 10, then you could consent legally to sex. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, in 1895, one Kentucky legislator said, I regard the 12-year-old girl as being capable of resisting wiles of the seducer as any older woman. So when you're 12, you could say no. Mm-hmm. You could say yes. And you're more than welcome to consent, is what he was arguing. Right. Luckily, he was the only idiot, so he got outvoted. Mm-hmm. So, 14. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, rape laws did not protect black women. It wasn't until 1861 that black women could accuse a white man of rape. And I assume that this rarely ended with the rapist being convicted. Right. Yeah. So, sometime in the 1960s, psychologists started to see that rape was primarily about the control aspect. In other words, the offender was was motivated by a need to exert control over the victim. Mm. In 1975 rape shield laws were finally put into effect and these laws forbade the lawyers 
for the rapist to use the victim's sexual history against them or as a way to sway the jury. So none of this, you know, come on, how many men have you slept with in the last year? And, you know, you're obviously, you know, you're always up for a good time, Mm -hmm. whatever. In 1976, Nebraska was the first state to make rape of a spouse illegal. By 1993, all 50 states had laws against rape in marriage. So up until 1976, you could not press charges against your spouse for rape Mm. because that's not a thing. You belong to him or Mm. her or whatever. Mm -hmm. So here are some stats from from a 2021 U.N. report. 20 countries still allow rapists to get off the hook by marrying their victims and the victims has no say in this. In 2012, Morocco repealed this law after Amina Al-Falili, 16, committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Amina had been raped at age 15, and her family had agreed to allow her rapist to marry her. Jesus. So she said, said no, no thank you. not going to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> 43 countries have no laws against rape by a spouse. About 45% of adolescent girls and women around the world right now have no ability to say yes or no to sex and have no control over contraception or reproductive health care. Yeah. In Belgium, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands, rapists can avoid punishment if they apologize and reach a settlement with the victim. 50 shekels. In Mexico, half of women are victims of rape, and 91% of rapes are not reported. Mm -hmm. In China, the penalty for rape is death or castration. In Saudi Arabia, it's public beheading. In North Korea, it's death by firing squad. In Afghanistan, you are shot or hung within four days of conviction. And in Iran, death by hanging or stoning. In Russia, you get three to six years in prison. Wow. Okay. I mean, wow. Right. (laughs) Some countries only recently began considering sex without consent, without physical violence, rape. Iceland in March of 2018, Sweden in May of 2018. In March of 2020, Spain finally did, after five men were found not guilty because violence could not be proven. Five men gang raped this chick. Oh, well, you're not guilty because she can't prove that you actually hurt her. Mm-hmm. November 2020, the Netherlands and Denmark in December 2020. So they all finally got on the, the consent wagon. Right, right. Finally. So here in the United States, laws are state regulated. So, for example, here in Ohio, in our home state, the law states that, number one, it's illegal to have sex with a person if that person is forced or tricked into being too impaired to resist or if the person is under 13 years old or if the person is unable to resist due to mental or physical disability or advanced age and number two no one can force someone to have sex so they can quote unquote not not consent Mm -hmm. because they're too drunk too high they're passed out they're asleep Mm -hmm. That's still rape. That's still rape, of course, yeah. And then if they, if you just force them into right. it, mm-hmm. which to me, I mean, that's pretty obviously yeah, rape, yeah. but 
Yeah. So the law also states that the victim does not have to prove that they physically resisted, which is good because I learned a couple of years ago that sometimes you freeze. Right. And yeah. so you, you may never, during the entire rape, you may never say no. Right. You may never fight. You may never try right. to get away. Fight, flight, and freeze. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet you didn't consent, and it's still mm-hmm. against your will. It's a body's, um, like, natural defense. defense. Yes, exactly. Is the, is the freeze, but that's what gets. Exactly. Yeah, we could go on and on. I know. This could be a seven-hour recording. Yeah. Uh, And that the victim's sexual history and reputation may not be used as evidence for the defense, except in regards to finding the origin of sperm, pregnancy, or disease. You know, so if she goes to the medical examiner right afterwards and they do the vaginal testing that they do and they're like oh there's sperm in here and it belongs to someone else then you know they're going to be like you know i'm not sure that you can prove that joe raped you because you have alex's semen inside you know and it just kind of gets kind of ugly but yeah um yeah so that's that's ohio um now penalties for rape also vary state to state california's sentence for rape is either three six or eight years depending on the circumstances Mm. In Louisiana, the sentence for rape of a child less than 13 years old is either the death penalty or life without parole. If the offender was under the age of 18, they may be eligible for parole after 30 years. Wow. Rape in Georgia can be punished by the death penalty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some, some, states, some states, they ain't fucking around. No, they are not, right. Yeah, which I love. I mean, right. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so now that we are up to date on the evolution of rape laws, let's talk about Cheryl Arugio. Oh, Cheryl. Do you know her? Do not. The name ring a bell at all? Not at the moment. Did you see the 1988 Jodie Foster movie, The Accused? Yes. That was loosely based on Cheryl's story. Oh, okay. Right? All right. So, Cheryl was born March 28, 1961. She was born and raised in New Bedford, Massachusetts. She and her high school sweetheart had two daughters together, Carolyn and Jessica. In 1983, Cheryl was living with her boyfriend and their daughters in an apartment right down the street from a bar called Big Dan's. Mm. On the night of March 6th of that year, Cheryl realized she was out of cigarettes. So she told her partner she needed to run out and get some. He asked that she put the girls, age one and three, to bed first. She got them ready, she tucked them in, and then she headed to Big Dan's. After getting the cigarettes out of a vending machine, she noticed the waitress there and realized that she knew her. So she ordered a drink, and the two sat down at a table, and they started to talk for a bit. Soon the waitress left, and Cheryl stayed just long enough to finish her drink. As Cheryl headed for the door, a man stepped in front of her and locked the door. He and another guy forced her onto the pool table where they stripped her of her clothes and they both raped her. Two other guys forced her to perform oral sex. She was gang raped for nearly two hours while the other guys in the bar cheered. And let me just tell you, there were only about between six and ten people in the whole bar. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like it was a whole big crowd, Mm -hmm. but just so you know. Right. She finally managed to get away. She ran out of the bar and into the street, nearly naked, and flagged down a car of guys who took her to the police station. I'm glad they did that. Right. So Cheryl, 21 at the time, wanted to prosecute the assholes. 
She was put in touch with a lawyer who warned her that it would not be easy. But Cheryl, thinking of her daughters, wanted to proceed. Mm -hmm. Before the trial started, the judge was approached by some members of the media. They wanted to broadcast the trial live so that the public could see what really happens in a courtroom. So Judge Young agreed, but he forbade the media from taking pictures or video of the victim at any time in order to protect her identity. Mm. And so, on February 23rd, 1984, the trial began. It became the first rape trial to be broadcast live on both radio and television, and what a shit show. Mm. So from day one, the media always referred to the accused rapists as Portuguese Americans, Mm -hmm. which they were, but 60% of New Bedford residents were also, including Cheryl, but that wasn't mentioned. That was a, there was a general increase in anti-Portuguese American attitude nationally from this. Right. The trial aired on CNN for hours each day. There were actually six men on trial. The Big Dan Four, which Mm. I hate, but Mm. whatever, uh, which is what they called the four guys who had actually raped Cheryl, plus two other guys who had prevented the bartender from calling the police. Mm. The first part of the trial was the defense's part. The men admitted having sex with Cheryl at a bar full of men on a pool table, but they testified that it was consensual, Mm. obviously. The guys, aged 24 to 28, were portrayed as well-meaning, maybe horny, guys who were having their lives ruined by this whole accusation thing. Yeah, like, damn Cheryl. Right. So, then Cheryl took the stand to tell her story. Everyone was dying to know who she was. The media had not been allowed to film or take photos of her in the courthouse, and outside she wore a big floppy hat to cover her face. So she takes the stand, the cameras focus on the lawyer, the jury, and then, and remember this is live TV, Mm -hmm. her lawyer opens with, can you state your name? Can you spell your last name? Mm -hmm. And what's your date of birth? Jesus. So... Yeah, it was not a secret anymore. The whole country knew who she was. She told her story. She also was sure to mention the fact that she could hear other guys in the bar, like, cheering them on as they were raping her. Mm -hmm. So then it was the defense's turn to ask questions. She was cross-examined six times. Mm -hmm. The questions were brutal. Why did you choose a bar full of men to buy cigarettes? Were you on drugs? What were you wearing? I hate it. Mm. One lawyer asked her, and I quote, If you're living with a man, what are you doing running around the streets getting raped? Oh, my God. Yeah. They absolutely vilified her. Yeah. And since this was all over TV, the news showed people being asked their opinions out on the street, and it ranged from... What those men did just wasn't right to she should have been home in the first place. Mm. It's so heartbreaking and infuriating to watch. There's a documentary sort of thing on Netflix. It's called Trial by Media. And there's five episodes or there's six episodes, but the fifth episode is specifically Cheryl's story. Mm-hmm. And it has like the news clips from then and, and all this stuff. And it's fascinating I to bet. watch. 
but it is amazing. I mean, it, you, a 60 year old woman out there going, I don't know why she wasn't at home with her kids. And you know, who just, goes into a bar and it's doesn't? It's just the thought process that are just beat into, not physically beat, but it's just like into the, especially women's heads that this is the way you're supposed to be. And, and, and it's frustrating. Right. But what did you think would happen yeah, when you walked you, into what, a bar? What, were you what did you expect? Uh, yeah. I just, mm. Yeah, well, in the end, in March 1984, one year after the rape and a month after the trial started, the two men who had not intervened were found not guilty. But the four rapists were found guilty, and they were sentenced to 6 to 12 years in prison, and the community was outraged. The next day, thousands of people in New Bedford and Falls River took to the streets in protest. 16,000 people signed a petition for leniency for the convicted rapists, and $20,000 was raised for their defense. Cheryl was threatened, and she was on the receiving end of so much hate. She'd ruined these guys' lives. God. Yeah. The advocates for rape victims tried to speak out, but not much attention was paid to them. However, they really rallied to prevent future rape, rape trials from being broadcast. The trial had really had terrible consequences for other rape victims. After seeing how Cheryl had been treated, a lot of rape survivors dropped the charges that they had already pressed against their rapists. And even less victims pressed charges in general for fear of having to go through what Cheryl had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The whole ordeal sparked lots of conversations, including whether a rape or sexual assault victim's privacy should be protected in the media, what does and does not constitute consent, and whether rape trials should be allowed to be televised at all. New Bedford residents were furious about how Portuguese Americans had been portrayed as a bunch of rapists and criminals. Understandably so. I'm Absolutely. Like, I don't blame them for that. Right. At all. Right. The ever classy Hustler magazine published a picture of a spoof postcard with a naked woman laying on a pool table with the caption Greetings from New Bedford, Massachusetts, the Portuguese gang rape capital of America. Jeez. Um, as for Cheryl, after the trial, she started drinking a lot. Mm -hmm. She and her partner and the girls moved to Miami, Florida to get away from all the hatefulness. In 1986, she spent a total of six months in rehab for alcohol addiction. Mm -hmm. She started attending secretary school. Then, on December 14th of 1986, two and a half years after the trial, she was driving under the influence with her daughters, Carolyn, six, and Jessica, four, when she crashed into a telephone pole and died. Aww. Her daughters were okay, thank goodness, with minor injuries. Cheryl was 25 years old. God. Yeah. So, after this, Florida, as well as Georgia and South Carolina made it illegal to publish or broadcast the name of a sexual assault victim, although it's just a second-degree misdemeanor, and it's probably hard to convict since the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled a few times that freedom of speech and press allows a victim's name to be published if it's obtained from public records or from a good source like a police officer or lawyer. Mm. So as long as they 
have a good source. They know that it's really true. They're allowed to publish it. Crazy. There are some media outlets who still forbid it. You know, mm-hmm. they might, you know, they might say, well, our, you know, that other guy over there, their news channel might tell you who it was, but we're not because we want to protect that person. Yeah. So, yeah. and of course, everybody flocks to the other channel because they want to know who it is. Right. Right. So, right. yeah. So, with rape tragically being so fucking common, some people have devised some interesting rape deterrence. Mm. For example. For example. For example. In the year 2000, Mr. Jap Haman, Mm -hmm. 72, a farmer in South Africa, he created a killer tampon, which has a guillotine-type blade which will cut off the top of a penis if they're penetrated. Well, Snap! <laughs> Gee whiz, that's like he went straight for it. Yeah. But it's like, how would you, how would you wear? I'd be afraid to have that thing carried around inside me. What right? if I lop off something I'm not trying to? Well, yeah, and don't forget it when you come home to be with your husband. Gee whiz. <laughs> for some reason, this one was never produced for sale. Don't aggressively don't wipe why. or anything. <laughs> Don't Chop. bear down. Golly, <laughs> if you've had children, that thing's going to stay up there forever. <laughs> um, two students at India's National Institute of Fashion Technology, Nishant Praya and Shazad Ahmad, created an anti-molestation jacket made of denim. The jacket acts like a wearable taser, packing a 110-volt oh punch when someone grabs the person. <coughs> There's an on-off switch in the sleeve, and the lining is waterproof and keeps the wearer from being shocked. The battery's rechargeable. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Make sure you're all charged up before you Man, go out. That's a, <laughs> Someone might grab you. <laughs> that, you know what? I mean, they're thinking. Exactly. They're and thinking. Yes. It's such a damn shame, but <laughs> yes. Right. A Swedish creator came up with the Femme Defense Needle Tampon. It's literally a tampon with a sharp needle sticking out to stab the penis ouch yeah there are anti-rape underwear which lock around the waist and are made of material that can't be cut if i had a pee i would hate those underwear so bad i I guarantee one time it would take for me to have to because especially if you're drinking oh man when you gotta pee first of all you can barely get normal underwear down fast enough to pee much less some kind and of you know trickiness I mean, I'm, to it. I'm going to say, I'm going to keep it to myself until, because you're probably already going to say it, but go right ahead. Well, I, I might not. All these things are, ladies, this is what you need to do to not get raped. Exactly. I how was going to say that. How about we put a little chastity <laughs> belt with nothing but a pee hole sticking out yeah. so they can urinate? How about they all have to wear some kind of crazy contraption around their nuts and right and penis? Right. And, and it takes four hands to get the guy out of it. Right. So, it's like a... Right. Yeah. That would but, but ladies, better. here's all the stuff. Here's all the lethal, sharp, electronic, blah, blah, so that you don't get raped. Yeah. Yeah. And underwear made out of metal, so nobody can cut them off of you. Crazy. Ugh. India has a selfie defense stick. Um, selfie defense stick? <laughs> Yeah. Take a picture while you're white. Well, no, it's no. It's an extending telescopic instrument that contains a GPS locator, a stun gun, mm-hmm. pepper spray, a panic button, and a pen knife. 
And you'll be happy to know that earlier versions of this also included a sewing kit. A sewing kit? (laughs) How about a sewing kit? Uh, <laughs> a, a can opener. Yeah, right, Cut, right, exactly. A couple other things. In, in some some matches. I see what you're saying. Then it's just like, and it's tele telescopic, telescopic, so you can hit them with it. Exactly. And then you can right. Yeah. And then you can hit the panic button, let somebody know where you are, and spray them with pepper spray all at the same yes, time. Yes. Yes. Um, there's an anti-rape belt buckle invented by Swedish designer Nadja Bjork that takes two hands to undo and was a complex zigzag thingy to unbuckle. Like, uh-huh. you had to, like, wicka, wicka, wicka. Like, you couldn't <laughs> just, like, push a button and it unbu- unbuckled. Right, because... You had to, like, know what your specific um, design was. Like, it might be a zigzag where you got to go push it together, pull it apart, push it together, pull it apart, and then it would yeah. come open. Or, how about these days we have facial recognition? On the belt? Buckles. Yes. That's a interesting... Maybe well, fingerprint. Fingerprint. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I don't know how your face and your belt... I mean... Well, sometimes I, guess, I can't see my belt. Yeah, I'm thinking more <laughs> along the lines of the, the raper's leg. That's, That's not belt. a bad idea. Well, I get it. Because I guess you, you would need both hands to undo a belt buckle. Somebody who's raping you probably has to use one of his hands to hold, or her hands to hold you down. Exactly. Yeah. So... Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So All they're right. not going to be able to do that. Uh, there's a guy named Ira Sherman, mm-hmm. my hero. He's an artist and metal worker who, in 2011, had an art display of men and women walking a catwalk, that's part of the art display, mm-hmm. wearing anti-rape devices. These are so ridiculous, mm-hmm. but they're so interesting. Mm-hmm. The one is called the injector, and it has two hypodermic needles that can be triggered to inject tattoo ink and a sedative into a penis. The contraption is made of steel and could not possibly be worn under clothes. He has another invention called the trap, which looks like a metal mousetrap that's worn over a woman's pubic area. Okay, so the first thing is a guy tries to, or a penis, goes to enter you and you don't want it to. You're going to tattoo it and give it a sedative. Yeah, well, the reason you're tattooing it is so that you can mark the perpetrator forever. That I get. That I get. Yes. So now he's marked. Yes. Well, the penis is marked. Yes. But then the sedative is going to knock him out. Yes, so you can get away. I don't hate that. Right? But 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 you should see it. It goes goes over your shoulders, down your back, and around, almost like a a onesie or like what the wrestlers wear. And then right in the front is this crazy looking thing with two injectors. I mean, it's obviously you're like, that's ridiculous. And then you're like, I mean, it's ridiculous, but but it's it's still a great idea. And then the mousetrap one, like, it looks like a mousetrap laying right there, like, on your pubic bone. And so, like, if the penis went near it, you could just, like, snap. snap. Yes. Oh, I can't imagine how terrible that would be. Forget you don't have that on. You wake up late at night to go pee. Right. Or just scratch yourself. (laughs) Shit. Adjust your your wedgie. But the anti-rape device that gets the most attention, by far, is the rape axe. Now, it was originally called the Rape X, but that name's already been taken by something else. So, the Rape X was created by Dr. Sonnet Eilers Bryant, Mm -hmm. who's a medical researcher in South Africa. She's been a medical researcher since 1967. Mm -hmm. And South Africa, they call it like 
the capital, the world capital of rape. Like it's so it happens. Oh, like, there's it's, so much rape. It, there's so much rape no there. Idea. It's apparently it's like an epidemic. I mean, oh, it's wow. it's bad. Yeah. So. Um, so that makes sense why you've named a couple exactly yes they're always trying to find ways around it or to prevent it i guess Mm -hmm. dr eilers relates a story of a night in 1969 when she was assisting a woman after the woman had been raped the woman remarked if only i had teeth down there the doc there's a movie about that yeah it's called teeth isn't it i think it's called teeth. i've never seen it (laughs) the doctor vowed to do something over the years, she worked on it until she finally came up with the rape axe. Let me paint you a picture. Oh, please. Of this little doohickey. Yeah. So picture the tip of a condom. Yes. Made of a rigid, thicker plastic. Okay. That fits inside the vagina. Uh-huh. And has razor-sharp barbs on the inside of it. Okay. So when a penis is inserted into the vagina, the barbs puncture the penis causing excruciating pain Mm -hmm. and the quote-unquote best part is that it is then attached to the wiener and can only be removed by a medical professional oh so he can then pull it out yes he's gonna yank his penis out right but now this thing is stuck to him it is stuck to him and if he starts pulling on it it's worse it's kind of like when you get one of those barbed uh, uh, fish hooks yes so in theory when he gets to the er he's busted right and bonus, he would have DNA from the victim on the rape axe to seal his fate. That is. You know, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Okay. It's really unfortunate. It's immensely unfortunate that this is needed, especially mm-hmm. in a place that obviously it's it's so bad. But that's brilliant. I know. All of it. I know. But then it's also, how do you remove it? Let me tell you. Okay, I need a little bit more information. First of all, it's inserted... In, it has it comes with like a tampon applicator type thing that you use to put it in, mm-hmm. okay, and then it's removed with a special device that comes in the package with it. I don't know what that looks like, but I kind of feel like it probably is like in not in the shape of a penis, but like a rod, like something that oh, you can so that it'll get put. A, yeah, so, like you're okay, catching okay. it and pulling it out. Yes. Yeah. Does that make, make sense? It makes yeah, total yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, so, that seems like the best way to get it Because you don't out. want to put your fingers up there and take no. it out, for God's no. sake. Yes. These are single use. They can be in for up to eight hours at a time. Okay. And the plan was to sell them in packs of 10 or 30. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ehlers. Someone needs that many of them. That's so... Right. Oh. Right. That's crazy. So this was... There's a few different websites that you can go to look into this. Like, Dr. Ehlers herself has a really great website Mm -hmm. that shows it to you. Like, they have the prototype. They show you what it looks like. They show it to you on, like, a a fake penis. They show it to you on, like, a carrot to see, like, if you really tried to pull it off, what that carrot looks like after you do manage to get it off and it ain't good. And that's a carrot. Yeah. Ain't nobody, right, right. ain't nobody trying to pull that off. They are shredded. Exactly. It has so much good information but she's doing all of this through crowdfunding mm-hmm. and the I've, I found a couple different resources what I got from what I read was initially she raised $300,000 through crowdfunding GoFundMe, Kickstarter, whatever to develop it to trial it, to do all the research on it and to get it like 
to where she had an actual prototype, yeah. right? Well, then she came back to raise another $310,000 to fund the production and the prod- product registration. Mm-hmm. So to get her patent and to make a whole bunch of them that she could sell. That's what she wanted the money for. Mm-hmm. And this isn't investors. This is just people donating money, right? right? right. As of on Shark Tank. I know. That would be a good idea. As of January 14th, 2020, Dr. Eilers reported that since the $310,000 has not been raised yet, they've had to delay the launch of the product. However, they have made 1,500 units, which have been sent out to volunteers who are willing to be testers. Right now, right now, as of today, the GoFundMe has raised $49,000 of the $310,000. So... Yeah, she's, it's not, and this has been going on since before 2010. Right. So, hmm, shady. Mm -hmm. Now, lots and lots of people have voiced their opposition to the rape acts. For one, they're worried that it'll make the rapist angrier and cause them to be more violent and kill you. Mm -hmm. Because you just fucking did that to their penis. And they're now they're in so much pain. It's like when you get kicked in the nuts, you know, but worse. Um, number two, making women responsible for predicting when they might get raped. Right. Do I need my rape axe tonight? Right. Mm, yeah, no. Mm. I'm just going to get cigarettes down at Big Dan's. Thank you. Exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah, I don't need it for that. Right. I'm not going out with the girls. or. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and overall, for the archaic, violent nature of the device itself. <laughs> Because the act isn't at all. Right. Because how dare you have such a horrible, violent thing, you know. And it's not even like you're baiting them, you know. I could understand if you were like, I'm going to say I'm a prostitute. I'm going to go out and get some tricks. But as soon as that guy gives me his money and, and goes to have sex with me... I got him. He's going right, to have right, the rape right. backs on him. Do you think maybe that's what some people maybe? are afraid of? That there are people out there that would do that? Maybe, but that's a damn shame, too. Right. Yes. Right. But ultimately, you already said exactly the right thing. Like, the best way to prevent rape is to teach people not to rape. Yes. Yes. And to teach our children to respect people mm-hmm. and to get consent. Exactly. And consent can be withdrawn at any point. <clears throat> at any point. Yeah. So if you don't want your penis in a trap, right. make sure that you get consent. Everybody needs lessons on consent. Yeah. Parents. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> and the wow. and you know, like I said, it's it's a shame that on one hand we've come such a far way in realizing that women are people too. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we've come a long way. But I mean, obviously there's lots of countries who are not even as far along as we are and we still have a long way to go. Right, right. So, so yeah. So I don't know that any of those uh, anti-rape devices are actually available for purchase mm-hmm. anywhere. Right. But you also have those self-defense classes for women, mm-hmm. like the kickboxing and the self-defense classes where I, from what I understand, I didn't look up statistics, but I know that, you know, quite a few women who've either been, you know, groped or raped or in some way violated, mm-hmm. they, I hear that they're, you know, 
one like kind of a good thing I guess like a proactive thing that they do is mm-hmm. go and take these self-defense classes kind of like a, I'll never be in that situation again right. and, but again it's just a damn shame that you have to even do that you even have to do that <sighs> it's right. frustrating yeah so well, you know what the, there was a lot of education in that and a lot of history in it the history of everything sex including the bad stuff including the bad stuff yeah yeah so don't rape. That just don't rape. Nope. Teach kids not to rape. No. Nope. Because raping's bad. It's very bad. It is. Yep. Okay. Well, well that was heavy. See you, yeah. <laughs> see you next time, and uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Tommy Lee's dick. Yeah. Cheer up. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>